make a deal with Netflix and you don't have money that comes into you forever. You get paid and then money 20% more or 30% more, but you that's it. It didn't come natural to me. There's so many things that I think about now I wish I had known when I was younger. What I believe resonates with people who are particularly now is content that has some sort of meaning to it. It's more than just pure entertainment. And so suddenly MTV was the only thing it seemed in the whole world and all of Hollywood and everybody else was taking their cues from this startup. I did not know a single writer when I became a writer. I think if you're trying to become a writer from someplace other than Los Angeles and New York, I still think that's really difficult. Welcome to Entertainment Business Wisdom with your host, Kaya Alexander. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Kaya Alexander, host of the Entertainment Business Wisdom Podcast. I'm so stoked to have our special guest, Eric Rogers, with us today. Let me tell you about Eric Rogers in the house. He is a prolific television, film, and comic book writer whose produced credits include the Emmy-winning Futurama and NYPD Blue, as well as Polly Pocket, Brickleberry, Stretch Armstrong, Wander Over Yonder, Teen Titans Go!, and The Littlest Pet Shop. He was also the creator, executive producer, and showrunner for Netflix's Skylanders Academy, based on Activision Blizzard's best-selling Skylanders video game series. He's now the showrunner EP for a new Angry Birds series with Amazon Studios. Eric is a 2011 Writers Guild of America Award nominee for his Futurama script, The Silence of the Clamps. He hopes the WGA never realizes they obviously made some sort of grave clerical error with this nomination. Hello. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Did you just hate hearing that back? <laughs> it, 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 you know what? It reminds me. It reminds me that um, all the staring at the wall and uh, uh, piles of uh, garbage scripts are worth it sometimes. So um, yeah, it's you know the, you take you, you, it's nice to hear that there are some wins in this industry. So yes, that's that. It's it's good. It's all good. <laughs> I don't think people realize how difficult this industry is, especially for writers, where a lot of the things that we create don't see their way to screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it. it I, I uh, during COVID, I, I uh, was keeping myself busy, uh, especially early on in the pandemic. Um, you know, with all, like odds and ends around the house. And one of those was going out to the garage and cleaning out this filing cabinet that um, where I've been keeping all my garbage and somewhat decent scripts over the years. And uh, I, I just I made I cracked myself up with the amount of bad uh, stuff that was in there as I was rereading it to clean it out. And uh, uh, it's just it just it just proves how much how much is not seen uh the, the sub the amount of stuff that is not seen you know is is like four times as much ten times as much as the stuff that ever sees the light of day or gets you attention so you know you, the, the the adage of you know just just keep writing is is it's a cliche but it's a cliche because it's true you know you just got to keep you got to keep going one script after the next and uh you know it, it eventually you get there so yeah it's astonishing to me to hear you call any of your scripts bad i've read you you're one of my <laughs> writers you're so funny is this like where's the scale for you of good and bad 
Well, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, I'm, I'm in my late forties now. And so, you know, when I'm looking, when I, when I'm, when I'm calling a script bad, I'm looking at when I was early in my career and the mistake I was making was um, not writing the right script for, at the right time. You know, like the right, just writing to write, just thinking, oh, I have to, uh, this is a half a de- half decent idea and maybe the industry will le- like this. So I'll write it and not put a lot of t- time and effort and thinking um, and, 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 you know, research into what, what, what is the industry buying right now? What, what is, what is a script that was go- is going to get me the kind of attention that I need to get to keep moving forward? So, you know, it was a lot of, I wouldn't say the writing, the writing part of it was probably not bad. The writing itself was probably not bad, but it, but it's also just like, like, why did I write that script? You know, like, why, why did I write, why did I write a Roswell uh, spec when I, I'm not a drama writer? I, wasn't what's going to stick what's going to stick my a pile of, of of just scripts that just did nothing for me you know so um that's really that's really i guess what i mean more by crap writing you know just just you know it, it, i think a really important lesson to learn is like figuring out um is the script that you're working on the story you're working on is that is it absolutely the right thing to be working on at that time and, and by the way there's al- always risk in in loving an idea and engaging what the industry is buying, engaging what, what's being made and going, oh, okay, my story fits fits the ebb and flow of, of what's going down right now. And then obviously, you know, you take it takes you a month, it takes you three months, it takes you a year to write the thing. And then stuff changes, right? So it's always a risk. But, you know, I, 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 I'm hard on myself. So I, you know, I look back at all the, 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 the wasted time and <laughs> wasted scripts and go, why, do, why was I doing that? Why wasn't I just writing comedy and animation full on? those years why was i even trying that but you know you live you live and you learn you get there the hard way and that's that is absolutely the case for me <laughs> i feel like it just took you a while to get to know yourself or was it the also the lesson of like oh my gosh i need to think more strategically about what i'm going out with and what i'm putting my focus on i think it's the strategic part of it you know um i i i when i had an agent back in the day um and this is this is weird because this is back in the day when you could write one spec script and get represented by UTA, you know, that, and and that just that doesn't happen anymore. I, I can't I, I can't get an agent right now, and I, I mean that I'm not saying and I'm not trying to get an agent, but I I did over the last few years, and I I got close with like one person who ended up getting um, furloughed during the pandemic. And that's as close as I got to having an agent again. But back in the day, you know, I'm I'm working at Stephen Bochco Productions on you know I was on NYPD Blue and all that and and. Agents used to look at it as, okay, you're not staffed yet, but I smell blood in the water. And since you're on, you're in the writer's room or on the writing staff, you know, as a script coordinator or whatever, I, I bet it, I want your, t- I want that 10% if you get staffed there. So a place like ICM or UTA would take you on. And and I had that early in my career, but I wasn't getting any, I wasn't getting any, um, uh, they weren't helping develop my career. They, they just, they just were hoping that you know, uh, uh, Bochco would hire me uh, as a staff writer and then I'd be well on my way and they'd be getting, getting the 10% would have to work hard to, to, to earn it. They're so, piggybacking. They're, they're yeah. climbing on your back as you climb the mountain. <laughs> yeah. So there was no, nobody was teaching me uh, and training me how to navigate the industry. Um, so I had to do a lot of, there, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, false starts for me and, and, and dead ends and learning, you know, how the, the industry works. And, and, um, uh, it just, you know, it took years, you know, I, and, and I'm not, I don't regret that. And it doesn't bug me or anything, but, you know, I kind of wish that I just known things 10 years faster 
<laughs> you know, um, that would have been cool, but, but, you know, it, it happens as it happens, you know? So, uh, uh, I, I've gotten to this place where I'm at now where I, I love what I do. Um, um, and I don't need an agent. So take that ICM and UTA. <laughs> <suck it. laughs> hey, you know, let me ask you actually, uh, about like the state of the industry from your perspective, because you have that insider's perspective perspective what do you see happening you know the writers in the wga they go fire their agents the agents aren't getting the packaging fees what's happening for writers now and for you know for really all above the line creatives with their relationships to agents you know it's interesting because uh it feels like it feels like if you didn't have an agent before and you didn't part ways with them when the wga um uh, strike happened um or the, the you know i don't know if they even struck did they strike it wasn't quite as yeah yeah it was just they were yeah so it feels like any yeah it feels like anybody that was either cut loose or decided to move on from their agent at that point they've had they've had a hell of a time getting someone else to represent them um now i will say this i think that um if if you're a woman and you're you're ethnic you're 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 someone who's diverse you know aka not a, a, a white dude it's, it's 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 a lot it's a lot it's a lot easier and it should be and you know the, the industry has corrected itself and it's it's really allowed it's it's really it's it's trying to make up for you know the 50 60 years of of television where it was all white dudes running everything right so um so now the, the opportunities um uh, for anyone that's not a white male are are easier if you if you're a hell of a writer and you got a bang up script and you're a hustler um and that's the way it should be i mean it should have been that long ago you know it, it too many middle-aged white dudes uh, were it are and were in in control and, and running things and um you know uh yeah I, i'm glad that the industry has course corrected itself and 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 um people uh that aren't that don't look like me are having an easier time getting in the door getting their stuff made and um you know change it you could see you could see it on television changing the landscape of what we watch and what what we're consuming and you know the whole um, representation on TV, you know, people want to see, they want to see themselves, um, you know, and they want to see their stories on television and film. And I I think it's awesome. I really do. Uh, Um, and I don't feel sorry for any middle-aged white dude out there who's going, Oh, woe is me. I can't get an agent or I can't get my show on the air. It's like, well, work harder. You know what I mean? Like that's, this is the way it should be. So, you know, uh, yeah. I love that. Hell of a script, bang up writer and hustle. And I think it's a mistake to think that at any point in your career, you're just going to like get to coast and stop and stop hustling. And I think there's this fantasy that people have who are outside the industry, like, oh, I'm just going to get in and get a rep and then I'll get to like step back and just focus on my creativity. And yet it's like the only way you get positioning is to keep positioning yourself, keep hustling. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I made that mistake when I um, uh, when Futurama ended, when I was on, on the Futurama staff. I, 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 I'm not shy about this. I, I thought I wasn't looking for, I knew we were ending and I wasn't looking for a job. So, because I was foolishly, uh, uh, and egotistically thinking, oh, I'm on Futurama and I had this writer's guild award nomination six months ago. And, uh, who wouldn't want to put me on their staff? I, I got, I got it made in the shade. I'm just going to take a few months off. And, and then, you know, if the, when, when the opportunities come then I'll pick the right one. Well, I didn't, I got one opportunity uh, let's see, it was June of 2012. We stopped writing and I didn't get any bites until January of 2013. And that was Brickleberry. And, um, 
And I had to take that job because I had a baby. <laughs> we had just had a kid. <laughs> oh, those so, babies. <laughs> yeah, we had a two-month-old at home. And, and um, you know, like I was like, I, I have to work. You know, I, I can't be choosy about this. So I took that job. And unfortunately... This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. That wasn't a good fit for me. I, I didn't enjoy my time on Brickleberry and, and they, I don't think they enjoyed me because I got let go. But that was fine because, um, it, you know, it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good fit. But it, it was it was rough coasting there. And I learned my lesson that if you know a job is ending, you start you, you should be looking for the next job, you know, months ahead, you know, because it, it and, and because deals take time to make. Um, you know, these shows are are if they're being developed, you know, they're being developed months in advance of their staffs, um, you know, coming together. So, you know, uh, again, that, that that's probably a situation where having an agent or a manager with an eye out, you know, and being a hustler um, would have helped. But I, you know, again, I was like, hey, I'm a Futurama, you know, who wouldn't love Eric Rogers on their staff? Well, it turns out everyone. So <laughs> it was so hard to stay top of mind in this industry. You know, yeah. there's, to, to get into that mind share with the people who are doing the hiring, it's like, you, you know, you really kind of got to be loud and proud. Yeah. I encourage all my students to celebrate their accomplishments, speak their accomplishments yes. so that the industry hears that and yeah. goes, Oh, I, I get you. I know who you are. And, you know, speak about what you're looking for. Here's me. Here's who I am. Here's what I'm looking for. And, uh, then there's just, you create your opportunities. That old saying of like, you create your own luck, but it's like a lot of work. And then what is it? 20 years to an overnight success? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's the adage of being the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, you know? I mean, I have, um, you know, I've had several people via Twitter. Um, you, this is how you and I met, but, and, is, but and, and we're just, and we're just buddies, but I've had, I've had plenty of, 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 uh, young writers reach out to me and direct message me and say, Hey, you know, I follow you. I'm a fan of, of the stuff you've done. Would you mind taking a look at a script of mine? Or would you mind having a coffee with me and let me pick your brain? I've done that many times because um, I, I I love talking about my experience in this industry and, and trying to parlay um, uh, that into uh, the, the people that are coming up behind me and to not making the same mistakes I did and, and um, um, having a little bit of an easier time. You know, I think uh, anything I can share with uh, someone who's just breaking in um, and trying to do this, that will make their life easier. I, I, that's I need. To, I think all writers who have some modicum of success should be doing that. You got to be paying it forward. You, you know, your uh, your your career is not going to last forever. So you you know you might as well start helping others who are coming up behind you. And uh, you know, I, I love it. I I really enjoy mentoring and and you know I don't always have the time to to read everyone's scripts, but, um, if, if I can, if I can do it and the person is, is, you know, they could go about it the right way. And, you know, I certainly had a couple of, you know, uh, writers, uh, come at me a little aggressively and, you know, uh, uh in a way that, uh, that, that made me feel like, um, like I owed them a read, you know, and I was like, mm, okay, maybe not. So, um, but you know, oh, for no. the most part, yeah, you know, it happens, you know, it happens. Um, but for the most part, everybody's pretty, pretty chill and um 
Um, and if I can do it, I, I, I always love give writing or reading people's writing and, and giving, giving feedback. And I never assume either too that like they want notes. I always make sure I ask. That's a good rule, by the way, everyone. Um, if somebody asks you to read their script, don't just assume they want your notes. <laughs> Sometimes they just want you to, because they just want to know if they're on the right track. There, there, there've been plenty of times where, uh, 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 I, I've given a script of mine, um, to someone and I, I'm not talking about a script that I is well vetted and that my managers is sending out in the industry. I know it works. It's good. Yes. But somebody will hear about me talk about it on Twitter and be like, Oh, I'd love to read that. And then I send it to them. I'm like, yeah, enjoy. And then they come back with notes and I'm like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to be humble about this, but I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I, this is, this is well vetted. It's, it's good to go, but you know, thank you for your time. <laughs> Just always ask if people want notes. That, that's a, that's a good golden rule. Ask if people want notes. No, I have a lot of students uh, and also listeners of the podcast who are aspiring showrunners. And mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed talking to you about your duties as a showrunner in the past and how you set up your room and the tone that you set uh, with your writers and how you approach that. Would you tell us more about that? Well, sure. You know, I, I, I try to see I've done this with, with Angry Birds. I, I, this I haven't I haven't set up a room yet for that, but um, I've done three other shows where I've been a story editor showrunner. And, um, so, you know, boss, co-boss and, um, uh, what, what I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't approach these things as, uh, I'm, I'm the boss in the room and you're going to listen to me and I'm going to shoot ideas down and, and my, my ideas are better than yours. I, I really try to create a very collaborative, um, uh, experience and, and I want everyone to be having fun um, in these rooms. Um, you know, it, it, we're writing and creating stories and creating characters at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I, I've been part of plenty of, of shows and writer rooms, uh, even just observing from afar um, and being like adjacent, like a Stephen Boschko production, being adjacent to a show where, you know, you can tell people are miserable and, and the, and the hours are bad because the leadership is bad. And, 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 you know, that, and, and if, if, if the leadership is not good, if, if the leader is, is, is having a hard time and, 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 um, you know, running a rough room or running, a, you know, just, just doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, that, that trickles down and, and, and it, you know, affects your writers, affects the, 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 the content. So, you know, I, I, you know, one of the reasons I love writing comedy and animation is that that's just, that just inherently is fun. It's inherently a good time to be, you know, uh, putting funny words in animals' mouths, you know? So, um, <laughs> you know, I just really, yeah, I just, I try to approach it as, you know, when I'm lucky enough to have a room, um, you know, because with animation, there's, you don't always get to have a writer's room. It's, sometimes it, it, it can be just you, the showrunner, and you get a script coordinator, a writer's assistant, and then you um, you freelance a bunch of, of scripts. And, um, you know, and at that point, you know, being the showrunner, you know, you you're always the last word on these things. You know, that you are the voice of the show. Everything funnels through you. Um, so, you know, your shows and your scripts have to have to have that consistent tone and voice. So you, you are the last line of defense there, but um, uh, that's, that's way more important when um, you don't have a writing staff. You know, if you have a writing staff, you know, you get, you, you have a day to day, you just have more voices in the room that you're able, that are able to like check your weird ideas and, 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 you know, catch things that you're, that you're missing, um, you know, with, with this, with this Angry Birds thing, this Amazon thing. 
I, um, uh, I have told them, you know, like I, uh, I, I really do want <laughs> the writers looking at what I've done very soon. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, we, we're, we're a few scripts in now and, uh, uh, I'm the only one writing them thus far. And, um, as much as that is great and I love doing it, um, I, I, I would love to have some writers around me going, Hey man, does that logic track right there? I don't know if that makes sense. Or, you know, would that character really say this, you know? So, um, uh, having a writing staff, you know, it's always preferred. It's always preferred. So, yeah. What's your process like with your writing staff when you get a great script in, but the jokes could be funnier? Um, so if I'm lucky enough to get a punch up room, uh, you know, I, I had that on a series I did for Hasbro, um, where we'd get the script, uh, we whip it into shape, um, and it'd be production ready, but the execs would say, okay, let, let us, de let's definitely do that punch up pass. And so you just basically gather, you know, four or five people that, you know, are funny and you sit in a room for a few hours and you go th through the thing and, you know, and it's, it's, it, with that show, it was more, it was an action comedy. So, and, and it was very sci-fi. So, um, you know, it didn't, ha it didn't have to be like joke, 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 but we definitely want, you know, it, it's funny. I think, I feel like Marvel has definitely changed how, um, how any of these action shows, um, uh, animation, actually animated shows are done because, you know, Marvel is very slick and, and, uh, they, they, they do this very well. They, they, they infuse humor into their movies very well. And, um, I think, I think that the industry and executives see that and see the success of that and go, yeah, let's, if that's possible on an, uh, in our action sci-fi thing, let's do that. So, um, so that, that's been a, a shift and, and I really enjoy it cause I love writing comedy. So like if I, you know, um, if I can put some comedy in something, I'm going to do it. And I love doing it. Um, it's a little tougher if you're, if you don't have a, a, a writer's room, um, or writing staff, um, you know, uh, I've certainly been in situations where, uh, they, you know, I am the one who's putting all the comedy into a thing and. And that's a, the, that can be a little nerve wracking because you're like, is this funny enough? Am I funny enough? You know, am I, am I nailing this? Like, just because my executive is saying it's funny. I don't know if they're funny. I don't know if they get what comedy is, you know, <laughs> I, you know, you know yeah, you know, so, yeah. So, so, so it's like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've grown as a comedy writer and I've gotten better at it. Um, you know, because really, really what I've tried to do over the years is um, push myself to be weirder and push myself to find, you, you know, I, what I, if I put on paper a, a joke that has been done before, I will always go back to that and go, okay, sure. This works, you know, sure. Sure. You know, the, the, the awkward or, you know, a little help here, you know, those tried and true tropes that you see on CBS sitcoms that, you know, that they just pound, pound in the dirt, you know, which aren't funny. Sorry. I'm not, I don't, for anybody who works on CBS sitcoms, I just, they, uh, well, some of them are good. Some of them ghost is ghost shows are really funny, but, um, uh, I don't like Big Bang Theory, guys. I'm just going to tell you right now. Big Bang Theory drives me freaking crazy, and I think it's the unfunniest thing of all time. <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to be slick about it, but I'm just going to say I don't like Big Bang Theory, and I think it's painfully unfunny. That's what I'm talking about with the show, with yeah, the, where, it, where it's like awkward and a little help here. And it's like, if you're going to write that joke, there's another joke. To, there's a better joke there. You know, So revisit that and find another way in. And I know, oh, by the way, I get it, you know, it, shows like that, they're like, they, um, they have tight schedules and then they got to shoot and all that. But you also have a writer's room full of 
15 people like that you know awkward is as good as you get so like come on try harder so yeah sorry that's a little egotistical i'm sorry i'm a little on my high horse here but i said it drives me nuts that that, that show is so successful <laughs> <laughs> and it could be funnier and it could be funnier. anyway I, I apologies, love- apologies to anyone here that loves that show apologies I love original comedy, especially when it's character driven. I mean, I'll sit here even now in the middle of the week and put on Golden Girls and just watch and have a laugh. An episode that I've seen six times and I'm still laughing at it. You know, it's and the jokes were so original. And uh, the the EP, Mark Sopkin, who is show running, you know, he was just always saying, can this be funnier? can this be funnier? How can we make this funnier? And, you know, giving the scripts to the writers for whom they really like dialed that character and saying yeah. like, here you do with the past to make that character's jokes funnier and that process, it works. I miss seeing really funny, hysterical shows on TV that really, you know, just make me laugh so hard. Are you watching yeah. anything that's making you laugh right now? I mean, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite shows is what we do in the shadows. And I, oh, yeah. that's, that oh, one's, right. that one's laugh out loud, funny to mm-hmm. me. Um, they're so clever. Like uh, that is yeah. the epitome. That's, that shows the epitome for me of, of, finding ways into comedy and being weird and, and, and being original with it. I, I just, I, I adore that show. I'm trying to think what, um, I mean, if anybody's watching Peacemaker, I know that's an action show, but Holy moly, that's a funny, funny action show. That's that, that, that show makes me laugh out loud. Um, and that, that, that's really impressive because they could, they could very much just take the easy route and just make it an action superhero show. But I mean, you know, they really find funny stuff to do in that show and cena is really great everybody's really great but cena is so funny um so yeah peacemaker i'm powering my way through what what else is there uh those those two uh, but i you know i'm i'll also love i love a good drama so i like like uh better call saul is one of my favorite shows um you know that's that's not funny in any way (laughs) but i'm watching yellowstone i mean i'm watching yellowstone right now and it's just whoa what a um, powerful, <laughs> powerful drama. I always find myself digging my fingernails out of the arm chair. <laughs> my mom and stepdad have told me that that's one I need to to jump into. I just, uh, it's just finding the time to add another show. You know what I mean? Very well written. Have the Xanax handy. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Hey, what happens when you get abrasive notes from an exec when you're dealing with, you know, something difficult on that side and then you've got to talk to your writers? So I've learned I've learned through the years uh, not to be a pushover. So, um, you know, when I put my, my first real EP showrunner job was with Skylanders. And um, when you get a job like that, uh, and it's your first first show running gig. You, you, you're you kind of you kind of um, you're a little you're a little afraid to be fired every day. You know you're 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 and it's a terrible place to be in because you're writing you're writing and 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 leading in a bit of a fearful place. Um, so one of the lessons I learned in that with that experience is not to not to let an executive. Um, uh, push you around or tell you that they're right and you're wrong, um, all the time. And, 
that that made for a slightly unfun experience for me. Um, uh, you know, I was able to move on from that and go to go to my Hasbro series, which um, was the opposite of that. You know, it's my I can't talk about that publicly because it hasn't been announced. Um, uh, but we did this show, and, and it's there's 52 episodes in the can, ready to ready to rock. We wow. wrote wrote and and produced it over three years. But uh, the reason I bring that up is. Um, uh, when I, when I moved on to that series, it, what I had learned was if I believe in something, if I want, if when I think something's worth fighting for, you fight for it now. Um, so that, that, that's, that, that's in regards to this question about, you know, rough notes or, or when you think an executive executive is wrong or off. Um, if you believe that and you're, and you want to fight for something, there is a way to do that politely, but sternly. And, um, you know, you definitely don't want to come across as the person who, um, is hard to work with and, um, is, is, you know, a massive ego. Um, so, you know, I, I figured out how to do that as well on that Hasbro show, you know, uh, fight for, fight for what I believe in, fight for my vision, um, without being a jerk. Um, so I think that's a really important lesson, you know, um, to not be afraid to, to say, I know, I, I know, I, 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 I respect what you're saying and I, I understand the note. But here's why I don't think you're right, and let's talk it out. You know, it doesn't have to always be uh, I'm right, you're wrong. It's like let's have a conversation about this, and you know, and and because my my gut reaction is this is the, this is the way. But if you can convince me that this is not the way, then then good. You know, because they, because executives uh, and, and I say this on Twitter, you know, sometimes that they want to be um, part of the creative process. They're not just there to. Um, uh, it, it, you know, um, just be a part of the show. You know, they like, they like, uh, pitching story. They like pitching jokes. Um, uh, you know, my Amazon executives right now, um, they're great at, um, uh, they're, they're the stuff they pitch me. Uh, it's been really great so far because they, they're, they're really funny and they're really smart. And, and that's a nice, that's a nice relationship to have because that's not always the case. Um, so, but, the, but even if it's not the case, just understanding that they want to be part of that collaborative process and it's not you versus them. I mean, that's really important to understand from the jump. Um, you know, they're, they, they are, they are there to help you. They are, they, they want you to succeed. Um, uh, I, I don't think anybody sets out to make a show and have it fail. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just understanding, you know, uh, they're not the enemy and, um, uh, you know, just even, even if you realize once you get a show going that you don't really maybe like that person or get along with them that well, you still have to figure out a way to, to have the relationship because, you know, as long as the show lasts or until one of you goes, goes to something else, you got to make it work. So, um, that was really long winded. I hope some of that made sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. It's really helpful. Um, it's really helpful yeah, with all of that pressure of you know being the boss being the showrunner delivering on a deadline how do you unwind oh well uh i used to run until um i destroyed my knee with arthritis during the pandemic um <laughs> when i couldn't go, we, when we couldn't go to gyms uh, i i amped up my running and uh uh my, my knee this this past year just said nope you're done buddy so um so now i had so now I've taken up swimming, which I love. Um, and that is a complete mind cleanser. Um, really enjoy that. 
Um, creatively, I, I DJ, like I have, I have a DJ set up in my garage, like speakers and gear and the whole nine yards. And I, 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 I make EDM mixes and I put them online. So if you guys ever want to listen that to some so EDM, like I, I don't know, I don't know if by looking at me, you would think that dude is into dance music, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, What's your DJ e- name? E-Rage. <laughs> Oh, all right, well, I'll ask you the right, right. question. That sounds yeah. like a fabulous way to unwind. <laughs> oh, I like I like the chat. Here's my SoundCloud. Whoever said that, Joe, it said somebody said, Here's my SoundCloud. Here's my it's on MixCloud, actually. That's where I'm at. Um yeah, I uh I, it's funny. I, I a, a friend of mine gave me that that moniker because uh my personality online used to be more angry, I guess. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I used to be, is that how you got the angry birds drop? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, but yeah, younger Eric on Twitter used to be more just like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to state my, why this thing sucks. And I'm going to tell you why. And you're going to listen to me and old man, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but then my friend, you know, my 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 nickname throughout the years has been Eraj, and then um, because I was uh, you know had this angry personality on Twitter, and my friends would be like, "You're not that guy in in the real world," and I'm like, "I'm like I don't think I am," and they were like, "Yeah, but you're just you're just so like oh I'm 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 angry at things," and and I've I've calmed down over the years, guys, but um, um <laughs> the Eraj to Erage thing kind of just made sense, and it it it's it's just stuck. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. Um, so as writers like come out and are, you know, they're getting to LA or they're realizing, Hey, I want this career and they want to break in. What tips do you have for networking? And like, how do you make friends? It's so important. I, mean, I always talk about finding your wolf pack in the entertainment business school. So do you have any tips for everybody? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think, I think that I find Twitter has been very helpful for a lot of young writers. Uh, I mean, use social media to your advantage, you know, um, I, I respond to, uh, for the most part, I respond to anyone who, who, you know, asks me a question on Twitter or wants to send me a direct message. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like if that person's reaching out, I should be respectful of their time and their, their bravery because that's a brave thing to do. Um, and there's a really great community of established working writers on Twitter who will take their time and, and, and talk to, um, upcoming writers and incoming writers. And, um, I, I think it's just a, I think you just, you know, there's a way to have that Twitter, um, you know, relationship, I guess, you know, that back and forth, you know, uh, without it being like weird and, you know, just try to establish that and, and, and try to try to see who the writers and the, and the, and the showrunners are that are doing the things that you love and that you admire and you're a fan of and see if they, you know, will respond to you and, and, and answer your questions and, and, you know, maybe go so far as to say, Hey, I'll, uh, I'll have a virtual coffee with you or, I'll read your script and, um, you know, just, just being a brave about it, honestly, you know, um, brave without being rude, honestly. Um, I think that's, that's probably the, the, the best path. Um, you know, because, 
What, yeah, what are yeah. Good questions that a, that an upcoming writer can ask in a DM. Like, what what are they asking for? What's a nice approach? You know, well, it's just. Uh, I mean, it's honestly like, hey, Eric, I'm a big fan. You know, I've loved Futurama. Um, I hope this isn't rude. You know, but I I had a question about something. Uh, that, you know, I. I just optioned this script and um, I, I, I don't have a business attorney and, and, and does, you know, do, do you know somebody that might be able to help me and look at the contract and, and, and or does this part of the contract make sense to you? Cause it doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, if somebody's reaching out like that, you know, I, I, I certainly don't want anybody to go down a, a, a wrong path or, or get screwed over. So, you know, stuff like that. I, I love, I love answering business stuff because, you know, I, 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 I do get feisty when it comes to the business side of things. You know, I, I'm just like, hey, don't screw over writers. Don't, don't lowball us. You know, like we've, we, you've been doing that for years, especially in animation, <laughs> you know? So that part of it, I'm just, um, I, 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 I guess I am e ragey you know, I'm just like, ah, oh, writers, you didn't pay us. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, yeah, it's just, it's just, you're just the approach with, with somebody have you, that you've never met and really just only have, you know, had some back and forth with on Twitter, just, you know, just don't be too aggressive. Don't, don't assume that they have the time, um, you know, or just be hopeful that they have the time to help you out or answer a question. Um, uh, you know, also one thing that, that, that this is just like a kind of an aside that drives me nuts. Um, I, I, I hate it when <laughs> a writer will ask me, um, they, they'll very, very nicely get me to, to, to soften up and I'll read, read something that they've written and they'll be like, Oh, can you just please, please just give me um, your notes and feedback on that. And I'm like, Oh, okay, I'll do that. No, no problem. And, and then if, if the script is not very good or if it needs help, um, you know, I, I certainly don't ever approach it as I'm going to tear this down or I'm going to make someone feel bad about their efforts. There's a way to be constructive without being mean. And um, the thing that I don't like is you, you, you give your time and effort to read a script and give your, your, your thoughtful feedback and experience and, and say, this is, this is, this is why I think it's not working. Um, I'm not going to tell you what to change, how to change it, but I'm going to say this for me personally, isn't working. You give them all that feedback. And then you never hear from them again. And so it's almost like they didn't like what you had to say. You didn't come back and say, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing ever. And that's happened many times. It always drives me nuts. So I'm just like, dude, you can't, he's like, you can't even say thank you for yeah. your time time and effort. And, I, and by the way, I'm not, it's not like I need you to do that. But but also, like, come on, man. Like, if somebody's somebody's taking their time and, and energy to help you out, like, the least you can do is I'll say, oh, thank you. I appreciate this so much. And I'm going to attack, you know, go back at it and see what I can do. And. Um, and that doesn't happen often. I, I just want to put that out there, but when it does, I'm just like, ah, so yeah. Writing is rewriting and some people don't realize yeah. that or, you know, always that's crazy. Always. Not even say thank you. That, that's not, mm. well, I, I want to go back to what you said about the business side, being passionate about the business side. <laughs> what kind of shit have you seen go down? Well, I mean, you, you know, for, so I'll speak specifically about animation, um, in, in animation, you know, we, we do not get paid. Um, uh, most animated shows are not writers guild covered shows. They're, they're, they're under the, they're either non-union or they're with um, the animation guild. Um, and if they're non-union, you're not getting insurance, you're getting paid less than the minimum, uh, that the animation guild pays you. Um, so back to the animation guild side of things, you know, you you get insurance, uh, you get a certain amount of hours, you you get insurance and that's great. The insurance is awesome, but the, the pay, is is consistently one third uh, less than what you'd make as a as a story editor writer 
per script on a, a writer's guild show. Yeah. And, um, you know, that has to change. That needs to change. It's, uh, uh, I know that, you know, uh, they're working, uh, they're currently trying to get, um, uh, with, with the producers, uh, a new deal, um, with the animation guild so that the minimums come up and there are more benefits and all that good stuff. But, you know, really it's just, we want to be, we want to be paid and treated the same way anyone in live action or working on a writer's guild covered animation show is treated. And, um, that is not the case right now. Um, we are, are, in my opinion, sort of, sort of, you know, we're, we're just, we're just treated poorly on the, in the, on the business side of things. And, um, it's the same amount of work. And I, I will fight that fight. It's a hill. I will die on it. Writing a, writing a, 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 a script about uh, you know uh writing a future or not futurama's writers guild so i can't use that writing a skylanders academy script is is as tough and is as uh, uh tense or whatever you want to call it as writing a futurama script and um running that show is as tough as running um a, you know uh, uh one of these live action shows and by the way it, it, to circle back to not having a writing staff and, you know, you know, writers around you and, and a big staff to, to help you out. It's in a lot of ways, it's tougher because your, your, your support staff isn't there, you know, um, there are less people to, to, to be voices to help you out. So, you know, if anything, we should be getting paid more if we don't have a, a support staff, you know, so it's, it's a constant battle. Um, hopefully things change, um, with this, this, uh, this deal between the producers and the and animation guild that's going on right now. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a sore subject, you know, it's just, uh, I feel like a lot of times with, you know, deals, you just kind of have to eat what they give you. Um, and, um, and, and by the way, I want to, I want to preface this by saying, it, it's not like the money's bad. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, the money's very good. You can make a very nice living doing a, kids animation or you know non-writers guild animation i don't want anybody thinking that i'm like oh woe is me it's just the inequity is the problem the inequity there's no good reason for um for uh, somebody who writes uh bob burgers to be paid more than somebody who writes Polly pocket then you know like i said that is a hill i will yeah, that, die on I mean, yeah, that seems absolutely ridiculous and the cost of living in los angeles is insane i can't tell you how exactly many- writers, even working writers I've had in my DMs just going, I can't afford to live in LA anymore. Oh. Script, script cords who are going, I already live in a studio apartment. It's insane. I yeah. can't do, I, you know, I can't work any harder. I can't work yeah. any more hours. And like, really the struggle is so real. And, uh, you know, to be paid less as a writer doing anything just yeah. seems tragic, uh, yeah, especially in that, especially in that city. And sports support staff should be doing should be getting paid very well. They should be getting paid way more than they do get paid. Like they should not have to struggle, especially on on these shows where they're you know work expected to work eighty hours a week and they're expected to be uh, on call on the weekends if a, a producer or a writer wants to publish a script you know that's going to shoot on Monday. Like you know you're taking away people's uh, personal time and you are. Uh, causing them stress that they don't need. And uh, if you're going to do that, you know, put some money, more money in their pockets, at least, you know, like that helps, but, but, you know, it's, it's a struggle constantly. The weirdest thing about this, this industry, it is kind of like um, penetrating the Royal court, you know, the folks who are outside, just, you got to get over the drawbridge, you know, to get in, to be able to do the work that you love, that you want to do. And then you get in and you're like, 
<laughs> where's, the, where's where's the buffet? Where's the throne room? What's happening? You know, like I'm in, but what's going on? Why am That's I right. hungry? You know, and yeah. then there are folks at the buffet who are like they're full. They've had you know several plates worth, and you know, <laughs> yeah. you're like, How? <laughs> you know, I, I I need to eat. I need to eat. Yeah, no, I, That's I, right. I watched this industry change a lot because I was a development exec in you know 2000 and for 2005, you know, back in the days where these mid-budget features were on order, you know, all day, every day. We worked, yeah, with, yeah. We worked with New Line a lot. And uh, I loved that era. And I, I love I love those movies. And one yeah, of the yeah. first films we did with Ryan Reynolds, Just Friends, it was just hysterical. A- Anna Ferris's performance was just so funny. And I miss those moments of, you know, just going to the theater and watching something funny and having a yeah. great time. The Lemley in L.A. really loved. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I live in North County, San Diego now, and the uh, disappearance of the art house theaters oh, has yeah. been really tragic. I have always really loved art house movies and they're you know increasingly harder to find, even reading the trades and everything else. I'm like, what would I enjoy seeing? I pretty much love everything that comes out of the UK and some of those performances are just so delightful. My yeah. escape show during the pandemic was the Durrells, which only my friends in the UK know of and have heard of, but it was based on um, Lawrence Durrell's uh, brother. Uh, Jerry was a naturalist and uh, Lawrence Durrell, of course, the famous uh, UK novelist. And then his brother, his youngest brother was a naturalist and they, the family was so broke living in London that they went away to Corfu to Greece um, and they're like quirky family story and adventures awesome. were just, uh, it was just such an awesome escape show and, you know, getting to be somewhere other than my living room. <laughs> <in the pandemic. laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, I'll get to go to Greece for the pandemic for a while. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Eric, it's been so great having you on the show. Thank you so much um, for sharing everything that you share, for your honesty, for your you know bravery, sharing everything that you have to share. Um, no worries. You being here. Thank you so much. I'd love to have you back anytime. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Entertainment Business Wisdom. We invite you to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Please like, review, and share it with your friends and colleagues. Kaya Alexander can be reached on Twitter for your questions or comments at This Is Kaya. Get entertainment business career training as well as a free special report, How to Pitch Anything in One Minute, at www.entertainmentbusinessleague.com. Thank you.